to give you glory. We have come to give you praise. Come on, sing that with me. We have come to give you glory. Welcome in this place. You're 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 welcome in this place. Sing your welcome. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place. Welcome in this place, oh Lord Jesus. You welcome in this place. You welcome in this place. You welcome in this place. Sing, we have come. No. 
so well is knowing how much he loves you.
take a minute and lift up your doors to him. Lift up your heart, the doors of your heart. That's your doors. Lift them up to him. Surrender them to him for a moment. Any place there's not freedom in us. That freedom is from evil, freedom from sin, freedom from the enemy this morning. We just lift that up to you this morning, God. We're free to love you, free to give you praise, free to give you worship. Lift up your heart to Him. Let's stop for a second and just lift our hearts to Him. And we welcome you guys watching by web stream. We bless you and just pray that you would have an encounter today with the Lord. And uh, He would reveal Himself. And These are incredible times. I appreciate Aaron sharing the things. You guys went down to the riot. It wasn't a riot. Isn't that amazing? You know, it could have been a riot. But I believe that the people of God were praying. And all over. I know in Charlotte, we've been, we were praying here. And uh, the Lord, there an incredible peace came over that. And I know that another video has been released. And so we can't let off the, the pedal. We got to keep praying that the peace of God would prevail over Charlotte. Because, um, you know, we're living in volatile times. It just takes a little fire, a little match to get a big fire going. Either way. And we're looking for a great fire of the Spirit. And that's what we want to do. We want to throw out those matches uh, in the spirit, because we've got to see a revival fire break out in America, and it's happening. Get involved in these outreaches, but also we're praying here every day of the week, and uh, from 9 to 11, tomorrow from 7 to 1, but we need some help. You guys are going to be out of town, David and Jody, this week. They've been really carrying the load and been really instru instrumental, so we're going to, we need some extra warriors to come pray. If you don't know what to pray, just show up. God will show you. And just honor His presence. If you can just come in for 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's been really good. And uh, we want to be ready for what God's doing. Now, you guys, it seems a little quiet in here today. Some folks stayed home today. I don't know. But uh, you didn't stay home. And the guys watching by web stream didn't stay home. But we've really, this is a time, it's, it's an amazing time. You remember when we were in the warehouse? I don't know, some of, a lot of you, most of you weren't even around. How many of you were not around when we met in a warehouse? Most all of you. How many of you were around? Just, okay, well, maybe half and half. But the Lord gave us a word, and that was that we were not to be survivalists, but revivalists. Remember that? And the scripture was, you know, if you drink, and Jesus said, if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. And you know, that's a promise. And, uh, but it's not a promise to those who, do, who are not going, doing the will of God. It was given to those who are going, and they're actively engaged in the will of the Father in this hour. And God will protect those, not who are just survivalists, because there are a lot of folks in these hills that are survivalists. But we got to be revivalists. And the revivalists will be the survivalists. Maybe not all of them. I don't know how all this is going to play out, but a whole bunch of them are going to be. We're going to be here until we finish the task. And uh, I'm going to finish my task. I've, this has been a great week. And uh, I've just, you know, spent a lot of time praying in the Spirit. I told you the Lord called me to do more and more of that. And I'm doing that. And uh, it's just, you know, I, 
I remember what Rodney Howard Brown challenged us. He said, now when you get up to preach, take your tongue by faith out of your, your head, you know, right here, and put it in your spirit and preach out of the spirit. And so I asked the Lord this morning, I said, God, just let me preach out of the All that I've been praying in the spirit this week, let me just share out of that. Let it all be rolled up in one and then come out what you want to come out. And um, that's what I pray happens. But it is kind of quiet. <laughs> I don't know. It's a different atmosphere. Last week, well, here's what I want to do this week. I want to review some of what we said last week because it was so important. I don't want you to forget it, but I want to fill in some of the gaps because I believe this is a, a vital time and we've got to be hearing, thus saith the Lord. You know, I, I, I know, well, let me just, I'm just going to be real. Can I be real? I mean, I'm not that I'm ever fake, but I don't want to be fake. But I always feel like, I've always felt that every message builds upon one another. You know, when you're overseeing, when you're, a, you know, an under-shepherd of a church, I feel like that the Lord's speaking, and there are messages, and they build upon one another. And, uh, but you know, one thing that always has gotten me, that, well, what about, Lord, when people miss? You don't see them for two or three or four weeks. And the thought came to me, it's a lot like reading a book. You know, you read chapter 1, and you digest it, and then you skip chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. And then you read chapter 5, and that's exciting, but then you miss chapter 6. And then you read chapter, you know what I'm talking about. And I, that's been a thing in my life. I said, God, how are all the people going to be on the same page? Because in the American church, it's more about personality. And you show up, and, and people want you to give them some good story or something. You know, Lord, I thought we had an army here that you're raising up. And he is raising up an army. And uh, he's going to have to do this thing by the Spirit. But this is what we don't want to do. I was, my wife showed me a scripture yesterday. She's really helping me develop these messages. But it's in the, I want you to look in Ezekiel, before I get back over in Romans. Ezekiel chapter 33, in verse 30. Listen, this is what I, I believe it's a picture of the American church. He says, as for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you besides the walls and in the doors of your houses. And they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So they come to you as people do, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, but they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely they will know a prophet has been among them. And I was, I, when we shared that together, I said, God, don't let us be that way. I don't want some pleasant, lovely voice. You know, I, I want us to hear the Lord together and get engaged in this incredible hour in history. This is not church as normal. How many of you know that? It is not. I'm not going to go there. I don't want to play that game. This is not just a standalone thing. You come one Sunday and get your fill. It's a, God is building an army. And there's a word that, I'm hearing it because I get to preach it. You know what I mean? But I'm telling you, I know people can't come. This is not to bring condemnation. But I'm telling you, God is saying things all the time. 
And he, he's speaking. You know, used to in America, we'd go to church and we believe we were going to hear, thus saith the Lord. And in America today, you can take it or leave it. Now, now obviously, you're here. You're the takers. But many people feel like, well, I can go, you know, and, and who cares what God is saying today? You know, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And I, I, God, I want you to shake it. Shake that system in America. And he's going to do that. And all the pretenders are going to be dropped by the side. But God's going to raise up an army. It may not be a giant army. But it's going to be a remnant that's going to take this nation by storm. And revival's going to visit the land. And I know he's going to have to do some shaking. He's going to have to do some dividing. The sheep from the goat. The wheat from the tares. You know, there are many tares all over America. One time I had a vision. It was at the warehouse. And, and what I saw was as many people going into churches. And it was a picture of the Church of America, okay? And they were running to the churches. But there were very few coming out. And I asked the Lord, God, what does that mean? And he said, there are a lot of people going to church. Now, not as many as used to in America. But still, there's a lot of people going on Sunday mornings. But the few that were coming out are those that not only were the hearers of the word, but they're the doers of the word. And there were very few doers of the word. And I just, you know, I said, God, how are you going to do it? How are you going to conquer? How are you going to rise up? How is a great awakening coming? And I just hear him say, it's only going to take a remnant. But it's going to be a righteous remnant. It's going to be a remnant that will not let off the pedal. There's no plan B. And they're going to they're gonna do the will of God. And I'm telling you, he's going to take care of it. Now, I want you to go back with me to Romans chapter 9. Now, I'm not saying I'm not jumping on anybody. I'm not jumping on anybody. Because you guys are here. You know, you're, you're the choir. I'm just talking about this thing as a whole in America. This, this Christianity, this westernized Christianity. I think it's a stench in the, in the nostrils of God. You know, this thing, well, you, and if you don't like what God's saying in one place, just go here, go pick out your greatest speaker, you know. Just pick and choose what God is saying. If you don't like one thing, go here or something else. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of on a soapbox this morning because I've been thinking about that this week. God, God, this has got to be different. You, it's got to be different. Now, Last week, we looked at Romans chapter 9. I want to go back and review some things, but I want to end up with something that I, we didn't have time to get into regarding the shortness of the hour. He said, I will do a quick work on the earth. And I believe we're living in that time. And Billy Graham is, 90, is going to be 98 years old, except November the 7th. That's the date. Yeah, the day before the election. You know, this would be a great time for him to, to go be with the Lord and that vision to come to pass that we had. I don't know. This is an incredible time. You know, I... I, I, I well, before I get in the Word, I heard the other night there was a guy from Puerto Rico. And he was prophesying down in Puerto Rico that a tsunami was coming this week. And, uh, you know, he said, what did he say? He said, there's a tsunami coming. There will not be an election. And all this stuff. And uh, everything's, you know, and I, I said, God, if all that stuff happens, what about all the promises you've given me? 
you know, what about the prophecies over what you're going to do in America and all these things? Anyway, that day that the tsunami was supposed to come came and went. And I was glad, personally. Now, I don't know that guy from Adam. He was a medical doctor, I understand, well-respected in Puerto Rico. You know, God bless him for getting up. He really believes he heard the Lord, and he trumpeted that word over the islands. I think it went throughout the Caribbean. We're living in incredible times, I'm telling you. I'd rather, I'd rather take the gamble and say what I believe God is saying to me than chicken out and not say, you know what I mean? And then something happened. We're living in just amazing. It's time to be bold. Say, be bold. And if you miss it, I, I don't know. You say, well, if you miss it, you're a false prophet. Well, you could be. You could be. I don't know. But somebody told me one time, it's better to shoot for the sun and hit the moon than shoot for the moon and fall in the ditch. So let's just go for the sun. Okay, all right. Romans chapter 9. Hey, why don't you stand with me? I, I, I know I've gotten off subject. I want you to get back with me in what we, we need to discuss this morning. Romans chapter 9, verse 6. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. In Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are of the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Now look in verse 11. We're going to skip through some of it. For the children not yet being born, having, not having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. Verse 15. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he, will, he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump? to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor. What if God wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath who were prepared for destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Now look down in verse, or verse 25 to verse 26 talks about the calling to be the sons of the living God. And then verse 27 Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. But the Lord will make a short work on the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed or a remnant, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been made like Gomorrah. Now just stay standing for a moment. The last time that I saw my dad was on Father's Day 2011. I didn't realize at that moment the significance of that. You know, he was ill. My mom was ill. And I've shared with you the story. They both died within a 24-hour period. But that day was Father's Day. And I didn't realize that was the last time I'd ever hear my dad or see my dad. And I'm just wondering, you know, sometimes... You, 
you know, we don't realize how special this time is together. You, I'm telling you, this is the, you are a unique people. We are unique together. We don't know how special this is. God has planned something way beyond what you could ever imagine or think. And, you know, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen by the Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not capable on my own. How I many of you know that? This thing that God's called us to do. You know, I, I feel most of the times pretty weak. Anybody else? You know, pretty inadequate. Anybody else feel that way? Any, pretty insignificant. I remember one time when I was young in the ministry, I was telling God that. Before I preach, I was walking in the, down the street. Actually, he's out in the woods. My church was in the middle of nowhere. And I said, God, I feel so helpless. I feel so insignificant. I feel so small. And it's like he stopped me in my tracks. He said, good. You are. But I'm not. Now go in there and represent me or something like that, you know what I mean. And I did. He said, when you're weak, I'm strong. And so I came into agreement. But I want us to pray something this morning. I was reading in this book that we have in our bookstore, The Next Great Move of God. And I saw where Evan Roberts had received a download. And he, what he did was he would send word to children in the cities where he would go to preach. And he would encourage the children to pray this prayer in the places where he would go. And this was the prayer. He would say, and they would pray, Send the Spirit now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now still pow more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. And I want us to pray that, okay? I want you to, I'm going to say the first line. You pray it, all right? And let's see what God does. Send the Spirit now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now still more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Thank you. Let's just wait just a moment. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it is by your spirit that you will do this thing in America. And Lord, we yield to you. We yield to the Holy Spirit. We yield this church to you. God, there are people that have moved here from all over. And they didn't come to be members of a, of a church. They came to be a part of an army of God. Engaged for an hour such as this. And so, God, please, 
please do away with the remnant of religion that's left. Come Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. And I thank you, God, that you're positioning people in the Spirit and in their place for an hour such as this. Thank you, God. Lord, there are some folks who think they missed it. Remind them, you didn't miss it. He said, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' strong name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Okay, I want to go over a few things. Last week, we talked about why does God use the people that he uses? Why is he using us and going to use us? Why is he going to use you? And we asked the question, you know, why? You remember how we, we came with it, up with an answer? Does anybody remember the answer, why he uses us? You know, what? let's put it this way. What's so special about us? Do you remember what the answer was? Nothing. Nothing. It's not him who wills or him who runs, but it's God who shows mercy. And God uses the weak things to confound the wise. Not many noble, not many wise, but God is the one that chooses. He elects, and that's what we talked about. First of all, we looked at Psalm 115, and we read verse 3, but we didn't read verse 1. But here's verse 1 of Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. And then in verse 3 it says, but our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. And so when God does with you what he wants to do in this hour, don't get too cocky. God does whatever he pleases. And he uses the weak to confound the wise. And then the second thing is, why is God going to use us in this hour? Is because of his promises. Say his promises. And we looked at, remember the promise to Abraham. That God would give Abraham and Sarah a son. And uh, time went by and it didn't look like it was going to work out the way God said it was going to work out. And so Abraham came up with an alternative plan. Remember that? And uh, so Abraham says to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And how did God respond to Abraham? Do you remember? What did God say? No. He said, no, Sarah shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. Because Isaac was the child of promise. And we talked about how you and I in this hour, when we hear the decrees of the devil, when we hear the decrees of darkness, you and I need to rise up and say, no, that's not the plan of God. That's not the will of God. And then speak the will of God, declare the kingdom. This week when we were watching what was unfolding in Charlotte, you know, they had these uh, clergy members. You remember that? Did you see that? This press conference. And one guy got up. He was a Muslim. He's a Muslim cleric. And the way he opens up his little speech, he says, there's no God but Allah, you know, and they'd say that thing. And I heard him speak that. And in my spirit, it rose up. And I had to say, no, no, no. There is no God named Allah over Charlotte. There is only one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I, there was an anger that rose up in me. And you guys, we got to do that kind of stuff. When you hear the proclamations from hell, you say no and say the proclamation of heaven. 
And that's what God did. No. He said, no, I can you imagine? That probably got Abraham's attention. God, this is a good plan. Look at Ishmael. Well, he wasn't Ishmael, wasn't around yet. But look at Sarah. She could have Ishmael. This could be an alternative. God, we're going to help you get your will done. No. It's not going to happen. It's going to be by the promise of God. The promise of God. None of that stuff. You guys get ready. You're going to hear stuff on television. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. We might be in the bed. We may not be watching. But you're going to hear stuff that you know is counter to the will of God. So just say, well, greater is he that's in me that's he in the world. And I declare that is null and void in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, we can affect, I'm telling you, we have way, way more authority in this house than those guys do in the Senate house. You know that, don't you? Way more authority than, than in the White House. We've got the authority of, he said, I gave you authority. So the promise of God, sometimes you have to wait on it. How many of you know you have to wait? You know, though it tarry, wait for it. I'm believing that we're going to be a part of the greatest move of God America's ever known. Now, there have been many people that, you know, they suggested now, how do you get this thing started? How do you get it going? I don't know how you get it going. How do you do it? You could create Ishmael's. There are people always trying to get you to respond and create some kind of Ishmael in your life. You've got to wait on the promise of God. You always have to wait. That's just the way God is. He said, wait. You've heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water. Which he said, you've heard, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he said, wait for the promise of the Father. You had to wait. There are a lot of sounds today that want to get us to do stuff, especially in ministry. All the time, my whole ministry, I've had people say, David, you're not moving fast enough. You need to do more stuff. If God can't do it, man, I tell you, I can't do it. You know, that's the way I feel about that kind of stuff. Now, I know I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. But we got to listen to the sound of a different beat in this hour. There's another trumpet sounding. And we got to hear that trumpet. You guys are going to hear that trumpet loud and clear. I'm prophesying over you. You're going to hear the trumpet of heaven. Jabez, you, got, you guys are going to hear the trumpet of heaven. It's the sound of heaven, the heartbeat of heaven. Move at that sound. Move at that heartbeat. And God will honor you. And then... He will use us because of his purposes. And we know his purposes are redemptive. They're great purposes. Some of the purposes of God are required. I mean, it's required our obedience. For example, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. So some things, you know, they're not going to happen unless we respond in obedience. How many of you know that? And then there's some things that are going to happen. I don't care what you do. If God said it, it's going to happen. Look back with me. We're going to come back to Romans. But look over in Isaiah 14. We mentioned this last week, but we didn't have a chance to really look at it. We, some of you just took for granted. How many of you remember we talked about how God has a big broom? Did you know he has a broom? Some of you wondered, what you sure he's got a broom? What kind of broom? Where'd he buy it? Well, he didn't buy it. But look at this. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 22. For I will raise up against them, says the Lord, and cut off from Babylon 
the name and remnant and offspring and posterity, says the Lord. And I will also make it a possession for the porcupine. He's talking about Babylon. That's why we're to come out from among Babylon, lest we share in their sins and receive of their plagues. He says, and I will sweep it with the broom of destruction, says the Lord of hosts. So he has a broom. How many of you see that? It's a broom of destruction. We were reading, Shirley and I, we have these wonderful morning conversations. She's reading in Ezekiel right now. Was that Ezekiel 7? Chapter 7. One of the names of God. Nobody teaches on that anymore. They teach on Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? You know what that means. You've been taught that. Jehovah Makedesh. What's that? Our sanctification. Jehovah Shalom. Hey, Shalom. You know what that means. God, my peace. Jehovah. What are those other names? Sidkenu. Rapha, the God that heals. Now, I don't remember this particular name. What is, do you remember? Anyway, it starts with an M. Something like that. But we looked it up. It's one of the names of God. It's the God who destroys. And I thought, God, isn't that just like the charismatics? They want all this other stuff and they totally forgot. They forgot about your name as the God who destroys. He's got a broom. And then now look in verse 24. And this was his declaration against Babylon. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I've thought, so it shall come to pass. Now what if people disagreed? It'd still come to pass. As I purpose, so it shall stand. And I will break the Assyrian in my land and on the mountain. Verse 26, this is the purpose that is purpose against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purpose, and who will annul it? And his hand is stretched out still, and who will turn it back? And so there's the purposes of God. And then we looked at and we read that in the scripture, God moves according to election. And we said last week, this election is rigged. Remember that. And I don't know if that election is rigged or not. We've got to pray. We've got to pray, saints, I'm telling you. I know some, I've heard some say that one of the candidates is going to win. It's the will of God. And I understand that. But, but I also understand we have to agree with heaven. If, if we understand God's will, somebody on the earth has to agree with God's will. Does that make sense? So we got to pray it in. The devil is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we got to pray. God, expose the darkness. Expose the plots of the evil one. Unrig the rig. That's going to be my prayer during this election cycle. Now, I don't know who you're for. I'm just telling you, I don't want it rigged. We have authority here. We can change the whole thing. It can be done on truth and righteousness. We can break the power of the evil one. We have that authority. Now, some people think, well, do you really mean you have that authority? Absolutely, I do. Greater is he that lives us than us than he that lives in the world. And so we're going to pray. But the election, this election, I'm not talking about that election. This election stands. God's elected you. And it's already been fixed the results are in, and you've been called to be a son or daughter of the living God, and we talked about that. And then he moves because of his preparation, and we read over there in Romans chapter 9 how God, what if he wants to, to show his wrath in verse 22 and to make his power known? What if he endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath 
that are prepared for destruction. And by the way, he's enduring right now with great long suffering. Do you know why God hasn't moved in great wrath against America yet? How many of you know why? Because it's his will that none should perish. Mercy, his mercy, for God so loved the world that none should perish. And so he has a great ability to restrain himself, to hold back his wrath. But he has prepared. Now, is this the Old Testament or New Testament? It's the New Testament. Vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. But look on the other hand, that he might make known the riches of his glory. Say his glory. On the, on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for what? For glory. You've been being prepared an awfully long time to display the glory of God. All your life, even before the foundation of the world. You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God planned beforehand that you should walk in them. So he's preparing a people to display his glory. And then we looked over and we, we saw that he, he moves because of the calling of God. The calling. You know, I wasn't worthy. I, I don't know what I did. I, I think about, well, God, whatever happened to Jimmy and Bobby and Steve and Gary? I'm thinking about all my friends I hung out with. You know what I mean? When I was just a little guy. God, what happened to them? Lord, I don't understand. How did you get me in ministry? Jimmy left home when he was a teenager, deserted. They never heard from him again. Steve, he joined some rock group, and he put on these big rock productions. I think he even put on a couple Super Bowls. But anyway, just in, you know what I mean, just in the world. Bobby died of a drug overdose. All these things I, I listed. I thought of all my friends. God, how did you do it? Well, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of you. It's because you were his chosen. His chosen. He called you. Many are the called. There are few of the chosen. The chosen have to respond to the call. But you know, I, all my life, I remember. How many of you remember when you were saved? You remember. But I hope all of you do. You remember that time. You remember how you fell in love. You remember that. You knew God loved you. How many of you were saved because you were scared to death of God? Surely, she saw that. No, not exactly. Not exactly. But didn't you get saved by that movie, the late great, what was it? Distant Thunder, you know, the end times, end of the age, the Antichrist stuff. Yeah, that's what drew, drew her in. You know, I don't know. But anyway, I remember that. And then I remember when I was called in to, to preach the gospel. Now, I would tell Greg, one of my friends, I would say, Greg, I'm going to preach one day. He'd look at me like, yeah, you kidding me? Yeah, man, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. And then I remember that evening. You know, actually for Christmas, that Christmas, I asked my mom and dad to give me a preacher's Bible. And they did. I still got that Bible, 18 years old. And it was when I went to uh, Ridgecrest. And God convicted me, and I knelt down that night. It was January. And I had a little candle, and I put my Bible out by that stump. And I knelt down, and I said, oh, God, I surrender to preach the Bible, to preach the Word. I remember that. It was just like yesterday. How many of you remember your calling? Those of you that maybe you have a specific calling. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing time. God calls us. I remember. Now, some of you can identify. I, was, uh, I had lunch with 
Jerry this week, we were talking about things like this, but I remember the day, it was after I was called and all this stuff, but I was substitute teaching school in Louisiana. And I wondered, how did I get there? What am I doing there? And I heard God speak. You ever you just hear it out of the blue? He said, I'm going west. And I said, God, if you're going west, I'm going west. So I, I looked at myself and I said, self, go west, young man, go west. That's where that came from. No, no, it didn't. It came a little bit earlier. It was the gold rush. But I went west. I know it was the voice of God. I went to Waco. And I spent time just seeking the Lord and all this stuff. And, and then I got tired of Waco. And I remember the day where I said, God, play me or trade me. You ever done that? That's what I said. I said, God, I'm tired of Waco. Play me or trade me. You call me in the ministry. It's time to use me. And he did. And he sent me to West Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, an abandoned coal mine, church you can't find, off of the beaten path. I remember I hated that place. I wanted to leave so bad. I told you the story. I remember the day that I said, God, I quit. If this is what it's about, I quit. I'm going back south. Remember that? You don't remember. I do. I said, I quit. And God said, did my son get off of his cross? I said, oh, no, of course not. You going to get off of yours? No, of course not. And anyway, we met Shirley, got married. I met Shirley. We didn't. I did. We got married, and I still wanted to leave. I wouldn't let her plant a rose bush because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. I was ready to go. She said, well, let me plant a rose bush. No rose bushes. Anyway, did I tell you about the time I'm looking out the back window and I'm thinking, God, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. He said, look at that onion. I think we had, you did plant a garden, didn't you? I don't know. There's some bush out there in the backyard, a plant. He said, look at that plant. Can that plant get up and walk on its uh, roots over in the side of the, over there and replant itself? No, God, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. He said, neither can you bloom where you're planted. I'll never forget that. And I had to die to it again. Oh, God. Anybody else ever been there? You know, the call of God. It is so true. Dying to yourself. You know what it'll do to you, won't you? It'll kill you is what it'll do. It'll kill you. And then I remember, you know, I'm going to skip some years and I'm Rick Joyner's ministry assistant. No, actually, before that, you know what I did for Morningstar? I had pastored and we'd done all these things. I was a, I stuffed letters for Morningstar. I, I filled letters. You know, they would send stuff to the partners. I'm the one to put the letter in the package. And I remember how much joy I had. Remember, I said, God, this is great. I thank you. I get to be a, a letter stuffer. God, this is great. For some reason, I don't know, I felt joy. I don't care. God, if I stuff letters the rest of my life, this is joy. I know I'm called here. And what an honor it is. I was the first voice on the CDs. Not the CDs. We had cassette tapes back then. But I would say, welcome to Morningstar. Today's teaching is by Jack Deere on whatever. I don't know. But listen, you'll figure it out. Anyway, I was the guy that, I was the voice. I did that. And then Rick made me his assistant. And I was about a year there. And then I remember I had a dream, and in the dream I saw these people, a group of people, 
And I, factually, I was in a car. Rick was driving, and I was in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat. And the yeah, driver's seat. We weren't in the same seat. I was over here. But anyway, that wouldn't work. But anyway, I got out of the car. I said, Rick, I'll see you later. I got go, to go be with those people. I'll see you later. And anyway, I, I left right after that. And I always wondered, God, what does it mean, see you later? Because I went to Mississippi and we had revival down there. And it was pretty neat. See you later, see you later. Well, I met back up and to make a long story short, I'm here. But I didn't come to pastor here. I was just minding my own business, writing discipleship material. It was fine. We weren't making hardly anything. We weren't doing, I mean, it was just fun. I was coaching baseball. I was a referee. No, yeah, I was a basketball referee. Now, that was a lot of fun for kids. It was a lot of fun. I was just, and then Bob Jones shows up in my dream. And, and he says, arise. He's standing at the foot of my bed. He said, arise. And in the bed, I rose up. And then just right after that, Rick comes to me and he says, hey, the pastor's leaving. Pray about it. You and Shirley taking it on. And I knew already God had called me. And so there's the call of God. All of us, we could tell our stories. And I could go on and on and on. You know, how I got to all those places. It's amazing. What I always liked is when God would lead me from those places. Now, this place, no. I'm here for, I'm here for duration I'm here to see the great, I'm going to see all these promises come to pass. But I remember, used to, I, I wanted to leave. And I remember I was in one place in Mississippi. It was the first church I pastored. And I went there because the pastor before was run off because he had an affair with one of the girls. And somebody showed up at church with a gun and they wanted to kill the guy. And they ran him off. So that was my first church. Wow, this is great. This is really cool. You know, they got guns. They bring guns to church, you know. And, but it was great. And I, it was fine. And they wanted me actually to stick around. But I never, never forget the day I walked out. This is how you'll know. You'll have your own way. But I walked out of my office outside and I heard that old song. It is finished. The battle is over. I heard that song in my spirit. You know what I mean? And I went, yes. I felt that. I got out of there quick, and, and uh, it was time. All right. Do what now? Amen. When it's time to go, go. But I hadn't been wanting to go for quite a while. Something must be getting older. I don't know. I know what it is. It's getting closer. We're getting closer. Now, I'd said all of that. This was so different than last week. Last week, I felt like I was a fiery Billy Graham. You know what I mean? I felt this really had such a fire of the anointing of an evangelist, a revivalist. Oh, by the way, we got a guy coming next week. His name's David Jones. Some of you know him. He's been to, he's been here, but he's a revivalist. I've been in touch with him for a long time, and it's time for him to come see what happens. Just turn him loose here. Well, let's go back now. Look, look at this. I'm going to wrap it up. Say wrap it up. Verse 28, and that's what the Lord's going to do. Watch this. Verse 28, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. Now, why is God going to do that? Why is he going to do a short, quick work on the earth? A suddenly, you know, suddenly the spirit of God will walk in 
to churches all over America. And they'll be stunned because God is in the house. It'll be a new thing, a new experience. The presence of God, the manifest presence of God. But he's going to do a quick work. And I wonder, why, God, are you going to do that? Well, look in verse 28. It says, for he will finish the work. First of all, God is going to finish what he started in you. He's going to finish what he started. He's going to complete the work that he started in the church in this nation. I'm as confident of that as I've been confident of anything. The enemy's not going to have the final word. God's going to have the final word. He said, I will complete the work that I started in you until the day of Christ Jesus. And so I'm telling you, you can be encouraged in that. I don't know where you are. You're watching in your journey. If you'll turn back to him, he'll turn. He's already turning to you. That's why you turn back to him. He's drawing you. And he's going to finish the work that he started. And not only will he finish, he's going to cut it short in righteousness. Say righteousness. And what does that mean? That means even his judgments are righteous. His righteous judgments. And we don't really have time to go there this morning. But you ought to study. I'm going to give you a challenge. Study Isaiah chapter 10. That's where this is taken from. They're copying the, you know, the writer. He's thinking about Isaiah chapter 10. And it, I believe it speaks to our times. And there are three woes in that chapter. You can read this. Make it, do it during the week. The first woe, right at the beginning, says, Woe to those who declare unrighteous decrees. Woe. God's going to answer them. Now, right now, you and I need to rise up. When we hear those unrighteous decrees and we need to cancel them, we need to cast them down and decree the righteous decrees. You know what I'm talking about. But whoa, God's going to answer them. What did I just hear yesterday? The, I read it where in the current administration, the civil rights guy has declared that America is not a Christian nation. And something about how he said this Christian liberty... Did you read that? You can look it up. Christian liberty, religious freedom is equivalent to homophobia, you know, claustrophobia. No, that's not what he said. But you know all those phobias. This is the administration. And we haven't done this yet. But we got to, no, let's do it now. Let's just cancel. He was saying that we are associated with all that's evil in America. You know, we're racist, we're homophobes, we're sexist, we're bigots, all the... Let's just break that off of us for one thing, all right? And break it off of the church in America. So in the name of Jesus, we take that unrighteous decree, and in Jesus' name, we break the power of those words from this place, this little place in North Carolina. We break and we cancel that judgment, that curse. We are not a bigot. We are not racist. We are not homophobes. We are not all those things in the name of Jesus Christ. We break it off. We're God's kids. We're God's sons and daughters. We love that. We love the homosexual. We love the sinner. And so right now we break the curse. We cancel the, the decree off of our nation and off of the church, off of the believers of our nation in Jesus name. And we declare we're the blood-bought children of the living God. And we're filled with the Holy Ghost. 
filled with fire of God, filled with the love of God. And we're going to display His glory in this hour. That's the decree we declare in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyway, you can be seated. Okay, what was the first one? He said, woe to those who declare unrighteous decrees. Secondly, you got to... It doesn't really say woe, but it's, it's, it's there. You can see it. He says, woe to the idols of my people, basically. Woe to Jerusalem. As I've done with Samaria, I'm just looking, trying to remember. I've, so I will do with Jerusalem. And he talks about the idols. So you know what God's going to do with the idols in America? Woe. Woe. He's going to rise up. Every false god that has captured the hearts of the people is going to be dethroned in this hour. And you can name a whole bunch of them, just think about them. And then there's one more decree. Don't let me forget it now. <laughs> Unrighteous decrees. What was the last one? Turn to it and find it real fast. <laughs> Help me. No. What was that last one? I can't remember. Somebody look it up. Maybe I should look it up. Let's just take our time. Isaiah chapter 10, the, la the last one. What's that? Arrogant heart. That's probably right in there as well. But I had something else. Oh, this is it. I got it. Yeah, that's a woe too. Arrogant, proud heart. But this is it in verse 5. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger. That's a serious, serious woe. If you read all that, now you've got to pick this up in context. God is going to raise up the Assyrian as a rod of his anger against the idols of his people. And then God will rise up because Assyria will become very proud. Babylon, the spirit of Babylon, you know, will become very proud and they'll think they've done this. And then God will deal with them. And then it says that the yoke will be broken because of the anointing oil in uh, chapter 10, verse 27. That made me look at the anointing in a totally different way. doesn't mean that we can't teach it the way we have, the anointing, the oil, you know, all that stuff. But it's the anointing that will actually break off the captivity of the Assyrian, according to Isaiah chapter 10. And then I started thinking, God, how does all this fit? And you know what came to my mind? The virgins. That's why you better have oil in your lamp in this hour. Remember there were 10 virgins? Wise of them were what? They were foolish. The other five, they, they, man, they weren't foolish, and they got oil in their lamps. And it was the anointing, the anointing. Now, I don't have all the revelation of this. I'm still putting all this together. But this is what it's going to take in this hour. You can be flat broke. If you have the anointing, you got more than you will ever need to do the will of God. It's the anointing. we got to run after the anointing. The anointing oil will break the yoke of the Assyrian or sickness or whatever it is, whatever captivity it might be. Does that make sense? Well, I'm excited about God cutting the work short. He's going to cut it short in righteousness, His righteous decrees. 
because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. You know another reason he's going to do a short work? We'll look in verse 29. It tells you why. What does it say? Verse 29 of Romans chapter 9. Unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed, a remnant. In fact, Isaiah 10 talks about the remnant. So evidently God's going to use the Assyrian. Whoa. To bring about the remnant. That's serious business, God. That's, do you know what, does anybody see what I see in that? You need to go study and pray. I'm telling you. Stuff's going to start happening on the earth. God is still in charge. He is God. The devil is not God. Allah is not God. Now God might use Allah for a time. He used Pharaoh for his purposes. This is powerful scripture. It's like, you know what I'm talking about, Jerry. You read these scriptures. You guys, you, you look at it and you say, God, this is amazing. This is real. This is right now. Anybody else like that? It's like, God, the word's coming alive. It's almost mind-boggling. Well, God wants us to understand. The righteous will understand. The wicked won't have a clue as to what's going on. But the righteous will. Especially the sons of Issachar. And that was one of the first promises he gave us, wasn't it, Deborah? Back in the warehouse. I remember God said that you would be, this congregation would be as the sons of Issachar. And they would have an understanding of the times. And they would know what the church ought to do. And I believe that. But here's that last reason. Another reason God is going to cut it short is because of verse 29. Unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed, we would have all become like Sodom. And we would have become like Gomorrah. And God's not going to let his righteous remnant become like Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he's going to do a quick work on the earth and cut it short in righteousness. Oh, God. I'm just, I'm just being real today. I'm just talking. I want to be a part of this work. How many of you want to be a part of it? God, count me in. Count me in. I want to be a part of that remnant. And guess what? You are. You're the elect. The elect. In fact, there's another scripture. I don't have time to get there. But isn't it in Mark chapter 13? He says, for the elect's sake, you know, that even if possible, the elect, could be deceived. And so God will cut things short. He gives reasons in that. He said there will be false Christ, false messiahs. Really, the Christ is the anointed one. So this is a type of the Antichrist. God will cut it short because of the Antichrist. Also, he said there will be false prophets. You remember that? I'll never forget the time I'm reading in Peter about the false prophets. And I, I said, there were a lot, there were false prophets in those days. And I said, God, there sure were a lot of false prophets in your day. And he said, yeah, and they're going to be a lot in your day. And then I read the rest of that, and that's exactly what it said. As there will be in your day. And I'm telling you, they're not coming, they're here. I could tell you all kinds of stuff, but I'm telling you they're here. You better know the truth. And how you tell, somebody sent me something this week on how, it was from Chris Volanton. And he's from, uh, was it Bethel? I think he was connected with 
those guys out there. And he wrote, how do you tell a false prophet? And what I'll do, I'll tell you what I'll do. Instead of going there, I'll just send it out this week. We'll send that article to you. It's a great article. But one of the ways has to do with their attitude toward the church. They're not a friend of the church. They build their own kingdom. And they're not a friend of the body of Christ. And they use the body of Christ. They use the anointings in a region. They come into an area and they tap into the prophecies. And they, that's how they make their living. And they prosper. It's an amazing time in which we're living. And then what was the last thing? What well, was deception? He said there were false Christ, false prophets, and deception. If possible, even the elect themselves could be deceived. And what did the Lord say? He said, take heed that no one deceive you. Because the hour is going to be great. Now, I'm telling you, here's how you, here's how you escape deception. You love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbors yourself. And God will deliver you and he'll keep you. He's got a remnant that he's raising up. I want you to stand. Everybody with me? Thanks for helping me get the, all this message out. I feel like there's a whole lot more. Anybody else feel that way? Go back. Hey, this week, read Isaiah 10, read Romans chapter 9, read Mark chapter 13, and just ask the Lord to speak to you. Just study it out. Hey, God, he only preached half of the, not even half. He didn't even touch it. Lord, show me the real meat, and he will. He'll show you stuff. Well, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the Son of God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. You did not leave us as orphans, but you sent the Spirit, and he would be with us, and he would be in us until the work on earth is done. And we thank you for this hour that you've called every one of us. Lord, I thank you that I'm looking at the elect of God, the elect, the chosen ones. And Lord, we don't know how all this is going to unwind. We see just enough to know that we don't know what we ought to know. But we know enough to know that we know you. And if we know you, we know enough to know. And Lord, you'll keep showing us the things we need to know when we need to know it. And I thank you for this unfolding revelation. God, I, I look, this is incredible. How, how all of us, we're seeing you more clearly today than we saw you last month, two months ago, three months ago, years ago. And I thank you that to the degree we will see you next year, this will seem like kindergarten. It'll be like, God, we thought we knew something. We didn't know anything. God, we thank you for this unfolding, increasing revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. We're living in the revelation, the unfolding of our Lord. And God, I ask you to do that for everyone in this room. I ask you to lift the veil. Lift the covering. Lord, if I could just lay hands on all of them. Lord, I ask angels right now to lay hands on everyone and open their eyes to see the host about them, to see the King of glory that's around them, to see the power of God. Lord, I ask you, rev them up. Rev up the faith. Rev up revelation, dreams and visions and encounters. God, we thank you. You showed us this outpouring of the Spirit is to position us in the Spirit and in places for a great harvest at the end of the age. Because you said that all of those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
And so we thank you this incredible hour. Thank you. We're marked to be a part of a great awakening in America. Great outpouring. A great revival. We're not making time. We're moving forward in the plan of God. In the name of Jesus. God, catch everybody up. That's what I feel like he said he'll do. It's his mercies. Some of you think, well, I don't know. I can't see this stuff like you're seeing it. Well, God, dump it in them. Dump it in them. The anointing. It's not about what a preacher says. It's the anointing. We need the anointing. God, I ask for the anointing to increase upon every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every child. Lord, those watching by web stream, we ask increase anointing for this hour in the name of Jesus. And we receive that even by faith. And I thank you for it. And if you're watching by web stream or you're in this room and you've never met Jesus, hey, JT, come up and close us with a song or something if you could. If you never met Jesus, man, this is the hour. You need to call on him. And you need, I mean, just know that God loves you so much that he sent his son. And his son died for you if you were the only one who had ever lived. Still, God would have sent his son to die for you. And the Bible says if you confess your sin, if you acknowledge Jesus that he is Lord, then you'll be saved. Just confess. Confession is with the mouth. You believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. And I invite you, surrender to him right now. Just something in your heart. Say, God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of the living God, that he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and use me for the rest of my life. And I thank you and I trust you in Jesus' strong name. And if you're watching by web stream and you prayed that prayer or you want to know more, contact us. The Gathering Church office at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook and look up The Gathering Church and we'll send you some, some literature to help you and also help you get connected. We actually know churches all around the world. We don't. But we know people that do. And um, maybe not every place, but it, it, most of the nations. And we can help you get plugged in. Amen. You guys doing good? Why don't we just break out? We'll just break up like this. If you need prayer, we're around the altar. We'll pray for you. If you're sick, if you're struggling, if you know somebody that's sick, we believe that a God that can heal. And uh, we'll pray for you. And if you need some other prayer, we're around the altar. But God bless you guys. Have a great day. Don't forget to see Shalom. Listen, I got to go. I got something to do next Saturday. I have to meet my son and pick up his dog over on I-77 as he's on his way to Pittsburgh. So I can't be there all day. But I'll be there, a bunch of it, all right? But you guys can be there. So help us be a part of that, that outreach. Let's ask God now. We're going to be praying all through the week, but prepare people at the Apple Fest and lead them to our little booth. Okay, and let's ask for a harvest. How many should we ask for? Anybody? Thousand souls. I like that. Hey, listen, this is not impossible. So let's ask him. God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, God, for a thousand souls next Saturday at the Apple Fest. There are 30, 40, I don't know how many thousand go through there. We ask you for 1,000 souls 
a harvest, God, that would begin and encourage the saints and begin the harvest. And so we're going to go by faith. And Lord, use us, anoint us, give us words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We ask also for miracles to break out. Lord, healing, signs and wonders. But we ask for salvations, God. And we pray even now that the Holy Spirit would begin to convict the people that would walk by that booth, walk by that table, and fill out that survey. We ask you to draw them. No one can come to you unless you draw them. So, Lord, here we are. Use us. Just, Lord, we're, we're willing vessels. God, do it for your name's sake and be glorified at the Apple Fest. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.